Hey guys, what's up? I'm Kelly Lindiangelo, your dungeon master. I would love for you guys to use the hashtag, hashtag GGG broadcast to offer up a name of an NPC. And also maybe in this tweet, uh, give us a line to describe what kind of NPC you want to offer up and you just might see them in this story. Rate, review, and subscribe. Welcome to Girls Guts Glory. The Broadcast. Previously on The Broadcast. Professor, I trust you. Can you please just be nice to us? Did they go this way? I don't know. Listen, sir, what is it that you want? Can you read minds? I was expecting this to be a little bit easier. You will kill So I want everybody to roll initiative, and because the wonderful uh, Miss Letty found out that she got a very important assignment far, far away <laughs> at this moment, um, I'll let you guys know what she does during the order. So for now, within the game, roll initiative. All right. All right, 20 and above. 20 to 15. All right. What are your numbers, you two? 16. 16 for Drew. And it's 17. I shortened your name, I'm sorry, for Zilda, I'll say. No, that's fine. Um, and what'd you get? Right. I got a 14. Nice. Uh, I got an 11. I also got a 10. Alright, so it's going to be Huck and then the wonderful, wonderful Alright, cool. First up, Celine, your turn. You see this person, creature from the shadows and the darkness not far away begin to run and make its way towards you guys. What do you want to do? It's not far. I'm going to spray it with a ray of sickness. The creature needs to make a constitution saving throw. Oh, it's not too bad. Con save a 15. Ah, it will succeed. Okay. So this goo, green and and smelly, sprays out of my hand at it. It kind of looks like vomit and kind of smells like it too. (laughs) And as it hits him, he... uh, he gags and uh, starts to fold over. Mm. Love it. Yeah, he's kind of coming full charge, running at you guys, not far away. But as you see him kind of approach uh, in, in battle, you can see right as your finger latches out here, um, it kind of slows him down a little bit as he's trying to fight against this vomit that's kind of cascading against the front of his body. All right. Do you have a bonus or do you want to move anywhere? Yes, uh, with my bonus, I will... Um Cast my spiritual weapon. Nice. You cast your spiritual weapon in the shape of what sort of weapon? It is a sword, and it's glowing, and it just slashes at him. Unnatural 20. Oh, yeah, it definitely hits him. Roll for damage as this beautiful sword slices into him. That will be an 11. 11 points of damage? On a hit, 1d8 plus your spell casting ability. So you hit, you hit the max damage on that one. Wow, that's a slice and a half. So tell me how this weapon really takes a chunk out of his body. So this glowing sword appears in front of it and just slashes right across his front. Blood gushes from his wound, and I smile. Yes, that vomit, <laughs> that ray of sickness mixing with this slash. Really what starts to pour out of him, as you can see, this huge, huge gnash in front of his stomach. Um, just this kind of murky, bubbly blood. It's like 
gunks and chunks of this sort of purplish deformed looking liquid um it's almost like vomits coming out of the front of his stomach too almost like bile in itself being his blood Ooh. all right nice drew Josilda, you tell me what you do how far away am i it's currently running pretty close to you guys no more than 25 feet away okay all right I am actually going, I'm going to play with my spells a little bit because I've been feeling too attached to my chromatic orb because it's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to try um, Agonazer's Scorcher. Ooh. Okay, what yeah. do you need? So, cast time one, action 30 feet. Um, a line of roaring flame, 30 feet long and 5 feet wide, emanates from me towards it. Um, there, is there anyone in my line? No, right now okay. you guys are kind of all standing side by side in this sort of like... A uh, ten-foot-wide sewer, so you guys have enough space right now to move around. Okay, cool. Um, must make a deck save. All right. Deck save of fifteen. Oh, and I'm fourteen. Oh, but you'll okay. take half damage. Half damage. All right. So three d eight fire damage. Whoa! I know it's a fun one. I've been looking forward to it. So here's. Two. 14, 15, 16, so eight. Eight points. Eight points of damage. Yeah, so this line of fire, this uh, just just bursts out of your hand from a little bit of a distance here as you're able to catch him on the edge of your spell casting right here. Um, as you're doing this, can you tell me how, how you learned this spell, how you got taught it, why you're suddenly recollecting it and this new spell you haven't used yet? When I learned that I had gold draconic ancestry, and I learned that it's a fire dragon, I wanted all the fire spells, obviously. <laughs> so, Agonazer's Scorcher really appealed to me because the damage was very high, and when I get to a certain level, I get to add bonus fire damage due to my golden draconic ancestry. Um, I first <laughs> heard of it through a fellow traveler. Um, Oh god, he was gorgeous. You should have seen his scales. He was a red dragon, actually, but he told me that the gold dragons also have this power and mm, just this the image of him just with these flames, slashing tunnel of flame from his golden hands. Oh, oh yeah, I love Any it. Any girl would have wanted that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um yeah, wow, a bad boy red dragon teaching you this gold dragon knowledge. Well, let's just say some things stay in school and some things don't. Um, <laughs> all right, well, you definitely see the front of him with this spell. He's not looking particularly healthy as he's just charging for it with this sort of um, uh, recklessness. Does he have charred flesh? Um, I would say that the front, the area that you kind of slashed into, it's starting to eat away at the front of it. Yeah, you can smell this Gorgeous. kind of smoke dance with his blood. All right, Starla. So he's running at, oh, that's British. <laughs> Stole your accent. That's okay, I'm going to steal yours too. So he's so. running at us. Mm -hmm. uh, is he too far away to use a, sh or too close to use a short bow? Uh, no, no, he's not too close yet. He's, he's like running at you guys, ready to go. Great. Well then, I'm going to try to shoot him with my short bow. All right. Oh, 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 with the natural 20. Nice, roll for damage. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Wait, do you, I forget, do you have us roll one and then? Yeah, I only have you roll for your initial and double. Okay. It, it cuts down the time in half. It's so nice. Oh. That is max damage. Convenient. <laughs> uh, so that will be uh, 12 plus four, so 16. Yeah, 
tell me how this arrow gets knocked and how you how how, how do you spot where he's weak? Um. Well, I can see he's kind of running towards us, and I see his wound, and I see him limping on the leg that I got him with my dagger with. So, I aim for that weak leg that I stabbed already. All right, sounds good. So you and go I release my arrow. Into that, straight into that, uh, I'll say it's a glute, right into that, like, s- s- like main jug, what's a main artery right there, right? I like it. And here. as a bonus, I don't know body no. anatomy, but I'm fairly certain there's an important artery on someone's I leg. I know that body anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, right. as a bonus yeah. action, mm-hmm. I'd like to hide. Sounds good. You hide not too far away. I believe you still had your hunter's mark too on him. Did you add I that hunter's mark damage? I am not a ranger. That was me. Huck. Well, how convenient <laughs> is this? You hide not too. Uh, you can just dip behind a friend of yours here without any need. And yeah, I'm we're right small. on up to Huck. So don't forget, you still have. Yeah, you're the next in the initiative order. So don't forget your hunter's mark. Yeah. Oh my god. I know it's been a recording session, but I did remember oh. you had hunter's mark. <laughs> Thank you. I was gonna let it go. Um, I'm gonna. Huck is gonna use his hunter sense, so I'm I'm gonna get to know if he has any immunities, resistances, or vulnerabilities, and also what kind of creature he is if he's not hidden by divination. Okay, you take a moment. You channel this sort of uh, ability that you have, these senses, this understanding of of monster and beast. Um, you find out that uh, in terms of immunities and understanding it, it definitely can't be charmed. There's something very witty and, and, and devious about this creature. Um, and what else is on that list, if you don't mind just listing it off? So it's... It Im- is mm-hmm. uh, immunities, resistances, vulnerabilities, mm-hmm. and what kind of creature it is if it's not hidden by divination. Okay, so you know that this creature is a monstrosity of some sort. Definitely not of this, like, uh, not natural in any sort of sense or, or ability. You, you definitely can conclude, obviously, from what you've seen, there's shape-changing abilities with this creature. So Monstrous, you yeah. say. Monstrosity. Um, I believe monsters are my favored enemy. No, it's base. Never mind. I'm a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dirty, rotten liar. Um, okay, I'm just gonna uh, slap him with my crossbow. Sounds good. So you're gonna physically slap him? Or are you gonna yes. shoot from no, a distance? No, I'm not gonna physically. I'm, it's, it's all in the, in the intention behind it. Well, that's not great. Jeez, these dice are terrible. My God. Uh, I'm sorry. Six. <laughs> Uh, seven. 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 Yeah, you take a moment and you like try. I'll say that you lift up your crossbow and you go to slap him, but he's still twenty five feet away from you. I mean, you. I should have known. So you're practicing the slapping crossbow technique. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, had missed him with that. Yeah. Um, any bonus action, or was that a kind of ability your bonus action that where you learned all of it? That was a full action. Oh wow, full action. Okay, all right, sounds good. Um, uh, fruit. How close or far is the beast from me? Um, I would say right now with the pacing, everyone talking, catching up, because I know some of you guys dropped back and wait, waited a little bit of time. Um, who exactly in this room was was in the room uh, w- with um, Miriam. Uh, Miriam? I was. Yeah. So I would say that the the three of you, Farouk, uh, Drizilda, and um, Celine, you guys all kind of dropped back a little bit further. So you're just ever so slightly further behind, about 15 more feet behind than everybody else here. They were a bit more closer. So I would say right around 30 feet. 
Perfect. I'm going to use my Radiant Sunbolt. Okay. And I've never used this before, so I'll just be directing it in his direction. Like, oh. Um, so that's going to be a 17. Oh, that'll hit. Tell me how this Radiant Sunbolt does its damage. I maneuver this bolt and I whisper. If it had an ear, I would whisper into this Radiant Sunbolt's ear, please destroy him. And then I look to the beast and I say, your day is done. Thank you for your service. Goodbye forever. And and then I just whisk <laughs> the sunbolt in his direction. Sorry, roll uh, roll for damage. Great. D four plus three. That's going to be seven. Nice. Yeah, you singe like singe the left shoulder of this creature just pretty much right off as this bolt just like pretty much makes him look partially zombified now his stomach's cut open his his shoulder's blown off but he's just coming at you full force um but do you have any bonus action you wish to do after that action if i was closer but Mm. i only can do bonus actions that are within five feet of a beast all right so perhaps then you just stay where you are just gonna closer and Tuck behind some of your friends here, hoping that you're not the first line in, uh, in the target of this creature. Um, yes. With that, you hear Letty go, "Oh, uh, oh my! Um, I'm, I, I'm going to, um, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to, um, uh, I'm going to go get uh, Miriam. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be back. Oh, uh, one second. And she just like turns around and she just runs. She just runs in the opposite direction. Um, and you can just hear her like screaming for Miriam, trying to get her and get her attention. That brings it to this creature. So this creature's running up forward at full speed. Um, seeing that the two of you guys have weapons that are of this kind of distant range, it's clearly running towards, uh, I'm going to say you, Starla, having it's been its but very I'm earlier. Um, oh, yes, you are hiding. It would actually have to use this full action. So I guess since you're dipped behind, I would say one of your friends here, you probably moved over to the side and ran behind them. Um, he's going to have to come for you because you're the closest. All right, yep. then, Huck. Okie dokie. Sorry, Hook. Right. Oh, that's fine. Well, to hit, uh, it's going to make two attacks against you. One's an 18 to hit. Yeah, that'll hit. And that 20. Oh, yeah, that'll Ooh. hit. Okay. So for the first hit, that's going to be seven points of bludgeoning damage as this creature runs forward and just whacks that, cro- tries to get that uh, crossbow out of your hands. You're able to keep your hands onto Ow. it, but it hits you real hard against your forearm, Ow. almost cracking your bone. Rude. Um, then the second hit Oh no. is... 12 points of bludgeoning damage um, oh, as another no. whack comes down at you just from the top down, almost like a karate chop in between your neck and your shoulder blade. Ah. Um, so with those two hits, he takes a moment, but you can see that there's a sort of um, glint in his eye um, as he whispers something in your ear. Oh, no. Um, and you hear this. We all know who you are, and that's just what you hear. I'm um, a nobody, sir. From the top. Celine. I am going to hurl a firebolt at him. Alright, roll to hit. 24. Yeah, that'll hit. Roll for damage. <laughs> <laughs> the dice are rolling better today. <laughs> <laughs> Three. <laughs> Three. 
All right, yeah, that firebolt kind of comes out. You you don't exactly, uh, I would say, use as much, put as much power behind it as you normally do, and you're able to just singe the front of him once more. But you still have that spiritual weapon not too far away. You can move it a little bit closer. And, eh. I will do that. All right, sounds good. So I concentrate on my sword, bringing it down on his head. Mm-hmm. That is a 19 to uh, hit. Yeah, that'll do it. Sorry, 18, bad math. That will still do <laughs> it. Roll for damage. Nine. Oh, yeah. You take him down. You tell me how you do it with your spiritual weapon. So I concentrate, and I look at my glowing sword, and I just knock him in the middle of the head, and it just slices right through his brain. All right. So as you take this spiritual weapon and you slice it down onto his head, right as the weapon makes contact with his head and really just cracks into the skull through it, you see the form of this creature, which has been disguised, slowly melt away, almost as if water is uh, dripping down its head, through its shoulders, down its body. And you can see slowly whatever the true form of this thing is, um, what it was hiding behind. This kind of horrific, stringy, blue-black, hairless, muscular creature. Um, larger than you would expect, a solid six, six and a half feet tall as you're able to actually knock it into its real form. Disgusting looking arms, clawed hands, very strong, um, sucked in kind of concave stomach. <laughs> um, and a very, very taunt, taunt muscle um, kind of definition. Um, as it slowly starts to melt, its yellow beady eyes kind of take one last look at you as they blink once more, just devoid, dead of sort of any sort of life, and it drops to the floor. What mm. the fuck was that? I would like to investigate his robe, see if there is anything on him. Yeah, so right right, right away you drop down to your knees and you start to look through this thing as you guys are all standing around. I, I should mention that he whispered to me and he said, uh, we know who you are. So we, um, I think there might be a lot of them. And you as in you, Huckle, or you as in the group? I don't know. I, I mean, I was assuming the group. He could have meant you, though. Well, that's... I don't like that, no. Who are we? Just kidding. Oh, oh, no, oh, no. Uh, also, I'm hurt real bad. Let me do something about that. You take a moment after searching through your hands, kind of full of this black, gunky, purple blood, and you kind of pat it off your hands and start to check on Huck. Um, try to make Huck feel a little bit better. Can I do a history check just to see if I know what this thing is? Sure. Um, so you're taking a moment. You're, you're keeping your distance. You're not dropping to your knees and searching through it, but you're definitely no. evaluating from a distance. Roll a history check. Hmm. Nine. <laughs> you... Tristel is not that. She doesn't retain much information. <laughs> she didn't pay attention in her history no. class. She was too busy thinking about that red dragon. Exactly. She's um, so boy crazy. Dragon crazy. <laughs> um, however, uh, what you can recollect is the stories of strange creatures that can change faces and change shape. You definitely think that this is one of them. Maybe, maybe several of them. You've already actually interacted with one of those before when you guys were in the forest. You saw that that right. kind of gross-looking woman turn into this, from this beautiful creature into this horrific-looking entity. So this is the second time you've seen something like this, and it's kind of alarming. Maybe that awful guardian of the woods is part of whatever this disgusting ugh is. The, the witch thing? 
the witch thing. Baba Yaga or whatever it was. <sighs> that awful. With yeah. the warts and yeah. her nails. Oh, I can't get over it. Her nails were awful. Oh, good lord. Can you imagine if she showed up in your manicure spa and you had to touch them? Oh, I mean, props to her for even going in, but lord, I wouldn't wish those nails on anyone. No. I don't think she's seen the inside of a manicure spa. What's oh, Stella, you're so right. Oh, Huckle. Huckle. Aren't you in for a treat? A what? A man version of a mani-pedi. Farouk, you must too with your lovely claws. Oh, I've, I'm very familiar with... Are you? Yes. Huckle. Yeah. I touch you and cast cure wounds ten points Ooh. back. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah, I you can it. you can feel your bone, that forearm bone, slowly crack back into place, and you can kind of feel that really sore tension on your neck where it had hit you. You can feel the muscle kind of reweave itself back into its original position. Can I look for my second dagger? Yes. Um, without too much trouble, you do spend a little bit of time looking for it, but you're able to find your second dagger. Yes. Um, it doesn't take too long. There's a wind in the air. A wind? I mean, a it was wind. not me. I wasn't suggesting that. Um, I'm just getting the sense that there might be danger approaching. So maybe we need to make some moves. As you guys are considering the fact that you have traversed through an area of the catacombs that you are not as familiar with, um, and hearing Fruit say that you know they feel a little discomforted here, Celine, you finish up your investigation on the body of. If you could roll an investigation check, please. Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay, so you take a moment. You search through the remains of this body as quickly as you can, and the most um, determinable thing that you see is this little note that's folded up. You take a note, and you begin to unfold it, and you catch that the front of it is marked with this sort of bloodied fingerprint. Um, As you open it once more, you see the name Professor Adderwald. And beneath it, you see a list of almost scratched down information. Things about his past, his present. Um, things about like his family names, his home base, his location. Um, every little detail, you can just see this is almost like a very, very small uh, biography of who, he, who and what he is. Um, it would take some time to read this because it's definitely lengthy, but at first glance it seems like there's just a very, very long description of who he is. What did you find? I found this paper. It, uh, it seems to be a long biography of, is it of this man or of Adderwald? Specifically Professor Adderwald. It seems to be a biography of Professor Adderwald. Hold on to it. Of course. I, I will not get rid of it. Huck is looking over Celine's shoulder at it, and he's like, oh, you guys, I wonder if this is why it was here. Because this this place is where you can find a lot of information on people. I wonder if it was here researching Adewald and getting, getting info about him. I wonder if everyone with that bloody fingerprint has one of these folks, these, these things, disguised as them. I mean, that would explain why... I thought you were supposed to be dumb. No, that's me. I'm teasing. Oh. I mean, that's a very perceptive... Oh. Oh, well. I'm giving you a compliment. Okay, oh, maybe really? I'll take it back. Wait, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, that's fine. No, I, I get it. He was I'm saying kidding. that uh, you're smart. Yes. Really? I was trying to give you a compliment. Really? You were... <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> that is just Farut's way. I appreciate that. Thank you. No one's ever called me smart before. 
Stala, what were you going to say? Oh, that's probably why uh, he was getting so frustrated with the priest, not giving him the information that he was asking for. Mm. Oh, yeah, you were in that room with him. Yeah. I stabbed him once. Yeah, well, you did. <laughs> so do you think that there is a shapeshifter pretending to be all the people on yeah. our list? A bunch of them. A bunch of shapes. A bunch of things like this. That, that blue... Whatever this folk is. I, I, I must suggest that we start making our way away from... Uh, I'm just getting a sense that we, we should be moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's we can... dark here. There's a dripping sound in the distance. So co- a scent of occasional dead rats long withered. Um, it's not comforting here. It's not easy to see here without your, without your source of light. Um, it's completely pitch black. So it would make sense that the rest of you turn around slowly. Um gathering um, your dagger and things of that sort and begin to make your way um, f- from the place one where you guys once came. I cast light for my friends who have trouble in the dark. Sounds good. You cast light on yourself and you kind of just allow the shine to emanate from you as you guys are able to kind of see a bit more clearer in this very, very long, winding catacomb. Oh, sister, your skin is just luminous. You got the pearlescent opal. Ugh, so jealous. Thank you. <laughs> so, where would you guys like to make your way to? Back to Nymurian's st- study at the office. You guys have your personal homestead. You guys have the upstairs past the um, uh, past the morgue area. Um, you guys also uh, can uh, try to find some place else that you wish to go to. Would you tell me? Well, I um, I'm feeling very in the mood for nature, as I have been captured and I would like some fresh air oh Farouk do you want to go to my family farm is it safe yeah sure I mean it's it's a little far away it's back by the 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 school a little bit Mm -hmm. I don't know how far away we are from it here we could always go um but didn't the headmaster see us there well not at my not in my farm. He knows who you are, which scares me a little bit. Yeah. Weren't we supposed to be trailing Professor Adderwalt? Yeah, we just killed him, though. Or oh, that whatever. was Professor Adderwalt. Whatever that was. Someone yeah. pretending to be Professor Adderwalt. Do we know for sure? Should we find where the real Professor Adderwalt is? Would anyone feel like a long rest before? Well, yeah, I would appreciate You don't that. look in tip-top shape, I must say. And oh, for Root, no. well, you're, you're doing better. That's uh, right. Yes. Well, Professor Adderwald is still scheduled to come here tomorrow, right? That was the whole... Mm-hmm. I don't think we need to stray too far. I just would like to find a tree to take some rest in. Perhaps we go back to the room and you can stick your beak out the hole in the wall? What am I? A, a sparrow. Bird. As you, as you see that, very slowly, like, uh, finger by finger, uh, Buck, from inside of Huck's uh, overalls, uh, kind of puts its little fingers on the top of your ovals and peeks out as you say that. Um, his little nose comes up and forward, and he looks to you like, 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 almost trying to express to you just how lovely it is to try to stick your head through that hole. Because... <laughs> He had spent, as you can just stare into his eyes, you can tell that you just insulted one of his favorite places. I meant 
No offense. But let's be quite honest. You are very small. Very tiny indeed. Yeah, he's a bird, Buck. And I'm very giant in comparison. You like dark spaces and little tiny crevices and, and, and things of that such nature. And uh, uh, Farouk is a bird. He's a big bird. I have so to he, fly. Yeah. He to be to happy. Spread his wings. And you can't do that down here. Buck's looking at you like he doesn't understand an ounce of this conversation other than the slightly insulting tone of Farouk's It's okay, buddy. Discussion. I kiss his forehead. Oh, he likes that. Yeah, he cuddles oh, up in Aww. you and he just kind of like, you know, he's tired. He, he's been napping in your overalls for some time. So. I'm jealous. Additionally, if I don't get my required number of flying time in a day, I will, I will start to get pudgy, so... I need to go and fly. What Dear God. Well, I could lead you back out through the catacombs I and mean, I can sewer. Go by myself. Uh, well, just be careful if you decide to go out the front door because uh, we are not technically supposed to be here. Mm, yeah. Everyone is looking for us. We do not want you to be captured again. Last time you flew off well, by yourself, Farut. And we're saying this as we're making yes, our way to yeah, the room. Yeah, You're not too far away now from where you think Miriam's office at least is. Okay. Ooh, could I eavesdrop and see if I'm hearing anything? <laughs> sure. Just roll a perception office. check as you guys are all kind okay. of chatting and approaching her yeah. office. Oh, uh, just an 11. <laughs> 11? Yeah. Um, you just hear like a very flabbergasted uh, Miriam sa- like sa- sighing a-, a little bit in the distance, uh, flipping through a bunch of books. Essentially, where you left her, <laughs> with the <laughs> hope that people would help her. Um, but you can hear that that Letty seems to be chatting about helping her and sifting through all the books per her request, um, trying to do this research and information on this strange book that you guys had found um, uh, within the catacombs. So you can kind of hear Letty and Miriam talking. They they have kind of similar tones, as you can kind of hear Miriam be like, "Oh, oh, uh, yes." Um, very interesting. Good find. Oh, th- um, thank you. Thank you, Miriam. Oh, yes. Um, uh, um, oh, well, what can I say? I'm trying real hard. And so you can kind of hear these, uh, these sort of conversation. As you guys are kind of passing them, um, you do see that both Miriam and Letty are hard at work searching through these books, doing research, um, as uh, they're chatting each other's ears off. If you wish to talk to Miriam, she's almost super busy searching through all these books that she seems a little overwhelmed. But she's there and ready for you guys to chat with. If you guys want to continue to move along the way, you can do that as well. Should we mm-hmm. see if she's seen that book? I, I want to stop and talk to her and see if she knows anything about these shapeshifter people. She might. Should we show her the book that you found, Celine? Which, which one? The biography. Oh, yeah! We might as well. We're right here. I mean, I trust her, but I'm not too smart, so I don't know if you should. Not either. Uh. Let's just do it. Okay, let's go talk to her. <laughs> hey, Miriam! Guess what we found? Oh, yeah, oh, oh. And Letty's like, oh, what's your. F-? You know, like, there's a conversation very quickly as Miriam seems very flabbergasted. But there's a moment that she seems like almost like she was in her element and you shook her out of it. And she's just back in her element the moment that you try to talk to her. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, you, I, I'm trying to go through all of this stuff here. And it's just, it's, it's so hard. And Letty's great company, but she's. She's very overwhelming. Much, uh, I feel like she, we're both we're both 
of, of a similar coin, and it's and he's just like chiming in, uh, kind of almost like a step behind, being like, oh, look, look what I found over here. Oh, oh, look what I found over here. And she's just like pulling books off the shelf and like searching through stuff very hectically. Huckle, perhaps now is not the best time to talk to Miriam. Yeah, probably not. M Miriam, do you want me to help? Oh, um, I, I have a great help here, Letty. Uh, Letty's very good at what she does, but it's just, it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm, uh, it's, I'm, uh, I just feel like we're, <laughs> we're both very, uh, we're rubbing off on each other already. Is that a good or a bad thing? I don't know. Okay, you want us to leave you alone? Maybe, yes, I just, I'm, I, I feel like I'm close to some breakthroughs. Thank you. Okie dokie. Um, as she kind of takes a moment, she starts to sift through more of her books. You can kind of hear the two of them chatting eagerly away with one another, letting not having had to lift much of a finger besides the very excruciatingly taxing performance she gave earlier. Um, but that being said, um, the rest of you guys leave the office knowing that they seem preoccupied unless you had something you wish to give or exchange, but maybe another time is, is better. As you guys walk your way down the main hall, um, towards your homestead, a place that you guys have now called home, essentially the catacomb dorm. Um, <laughs> um, as you guys uh, wind your way a little bit further down another uh, two or three minute walk away from the office, you guys hit your left corner here and you do see from even from the outside, the door open, light trickling through. One of the only sources of natural light here that you guys have seen when anytime you're underneath the catacomb. A very, very small pinprick of light as you guys make a sharp left into bunk beds. Um, this very rudimentary room with some very, very sad, dusty rugs. Um, as fresh as linens as you can get considering the circumstances. Kind of hard as rock beds, however. And all you see besides this very traditional looking stonework, um, Six very pleasant, pleasantly laid out beds, three bunk beds, a couple dressers, and a very simple table and two chairs. Um, about four inches of a crack within the earth that let in a very, very faint, faint trickle of light. And the moment you guys all get into that room, Buck jumps out of your shirt, scatters up the wall, and sticks its whole body into that crevice, oh. into that into that little hole in the wall. And it's just already has, now it's completely dark because his head has just popped into Buddy, it once wait. more. You gotta leave some for somebody else. Also, don't fall through, my gosh. His head is just stuck. Like his, his oh. like he's, it's just enough Like Winnie the space. Pooh. <laughs> yeah, it's like just, you know, just about four and a half, five inches if that, of enough space for this raccoon to get its head perfectly in there. It's oh. stuck like Winnie the Pooh in a honey jar, but, yeah. Buddy, you gotta come out. Let somebody else have some fresh air. We don't. His body wanna... goes slack as you say that. Look, <laughs> we don't want to all sit here looking at your butt. That's inappropriate. Come on, Buck. Come on. Come on. Are you gonna try to pull him out? He's very upset. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get some good berries and I'm gonna use them as bite. Okay, right now his whole head's stuck into the hole, so I don't know if he. You can try to see if you can smell them, but right now they're, you're you're met with the back end of Buck, Buck that has plugged up the hole. You want some good berries? They're there's, real. there's like a moment that his tail kind of moves. <laughs> real tart and sweet. Fresh. It kind of moves a little bit more. Brand new. Roll a persuasion I, check I against made, Buck. I made <laughs> ten. Ten whole ones and you can have every single one even though I am hurt. Real bad, Buck. I, I mean, I could just use some, some friendly persuasion you said? Yeah. Dirty 20. Dirty 20. Huck rolled really high too. Like really oh, high. Buck. So, uh... I'm gonna say that there's a moment of hesitation. Like, you can see that he doesn't wanna, he wants to greet you with the other end of him. But instead of doing that, 
he very slowly like starts to come out of the hole, like slowly move his body. It takes a moment as his two hands press against and he kind of pops out and tumbles back. You are such a good boy, come here. I'm gonna give you every single one of these good berries. He's kind of just like lying on his back, like breathing slowly. Like, like he's made a decision because oh. he wants to make his mom happy. Oh, buddy. Come here. He, he's going to go scoop him up in a little, like, cradle, like, baby. All right. Sounds Hold good. He's, he's there. He's defi- he's being defiant, but he's there. <laughs> all right. So, so you guys much. are all safely in your room. You guys can close the door behind you, that kind of cold door. Um, press it shut. And you're once more within the safety of your door. And long rest. Yeah. <laughs> right, so you guys want to try to sleep up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So you guys kind of shimmy into your respective bunks. Who's sharing what bunk? You got two bunks. You got top bunk. You got bottom bunk. Top bunk. Well, clearly I need a top. I want to sit on the top bunk. I'm short. I want to be tall. This is just will share. Okay. Sounds good. So the two of you guys go and hop over. Who's getting top and who's getting bottom Darling, you take the top this time. But oh, for a mushroom mattress. Nothing's ever been spongier or more comfortable. And Silvery Moon, every mattress these days is a mushroom mattress. You must come visit my home. It sounds like I must. I've never tried a mushroom mattress before. Oh, best night of sleep ever. What do you sleep on in... Mm, where, where are you from again? Sambia. We usually sleep on mattresses filled with sand. And that's comfortable. Like when you're at the beach on holiday and you're trying to take a nap... And it's, you, you just have to keep bundling more sand under the blanket? No, they're filled with sand, so you kind of shimmy, and it, and it forms to your body rather perfectly. It's quite comfortable. Well, I'll take your word for it. What type of mattresses do you have where you're from, Starla? And hug. Oh, I mostly slept on the streets. Oh, I awkward. Hey, and and dirt. Now, see, that actually sounds comfortable. Oh, yeah, it really is. And you know, after a while, I, I just don't feel pain on my back because it was I grew all rough because I was sleeping on the ground. And that's totally fine by me. Straw is so prickly, though. Yeah. I don't feel it anymore. As you kind of shimmy, like a couple of hay pieces of hay fall out of your body. Sounds about right. Oh, it's still in there. <laughs> it tickles. That's why I like these beds. These beds are real comfortable. And they don't like shift around under you, and the horses don't eat them. Brazilda like starts snoring. <laughs> you <laughs> she get on comes the bottom out real bug. hard. You just you're clonked <laughs> yeah. out. You're tired. I was so interested, and I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> and you hit up the top bunk, Celine. Uh, Fruit, you're on the top bunk, and there's a moment. But I'm assuming that as Huck takes top bunk, Starla, do you want to sleep on Fruit's bunk or underneath Huck? No, I'll sleep under Huck. All right, so you go over into that bottom bunk under Huck as you see Huck's kind of pieces of hay trickling still down from his body, um, which means Letty will be sharing the bottom bunk with you. She kind of gets last dibs. Sorry, Kellen. Um, <laughs> uh, so you guys rest up. Uh, that very small trickle and faint kind of glimmer of light coming through the windows is no is no more than you know mid-afternoon, if that. Um, you guys have spent most of the morning into the midday trying to trace and get information and also trying to kind of put out a fire that had begun. So the rest of you guys rest up and wake actually close to about midnight. It's about the crack of, of, of the middle of the night, having slept a little bit earlier than you were expecting from how exhausted you were from the battle and from the activities of the day previous. So it's midnight as you guys slowly awake. You see the moon. Uh, trickling through that crack into your room, kind of the scent of fresh sea and fresh air, very, very 
faint scent of it, just giving you guys enough of a stirring in the actual stale air to breathe comfortably in this space. Um, but you do awake enough because that, that moonlight's pretty strong. So, Hawk pops his head over the edge of his bunk bed and looks down to Starla and goes, Hey, hey, Starla, you want to go sneak around and explore the temple upstairs? Well, I was going to suggest we go s- sneak around the school. Oh, how far away is that? I was going to suggest the school, too. How, wait, how long does it take us to get Good to the school? Good morning. Good evening morning. Good midnight. Good midnight. Hey. So you guys can all hear them talk, Fruit and uh, Drusilda. You guys kind of stir awake hearing good midnight. <laughs> Drusilda's still snoring, and then she feels Salim like, nudging her. <laughs> Wake up! Wake up! What? We're all awake, and we've decided we're going to uh, go explore, perhaps, while everyone is sleeping. Explore. It's still dark out. Exactly. Ugh, bother. What are we doing? Exploring. Uh, perhaps the school or perhaps the temple. Question, how far away are we from the school? So you guys know that the catacombs are the bottommost part. The school's on the highest part of the hill. It's really up in the kind of Hogwartsy like you know, uh, 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 vignette, I would say. Um, but... For the other buildings, the temple, everything else, that's in the main square. That's kind of the main hub of the main activity center. So if you guys are trying to get all the way up there, you might have to hit those sewers again um, and try to, you know, wind your way up to the actual area you know, Starla. Otherwise, you guys could exit wherever you think it would be, but you think these catacombs mostly let out into the main square. Starla, do you think you could get us to the school? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I can. I know how to get there as well. Very good with directions. I'm an urchin. That means I know cities. Uh, It also means you're smelly. Yeah, that's true. But that's also Buck. It's partly Buck, to be fair. Buck Buck is awake, like like, like a raccoon midnight awake kind of thing. (laughs) And the glisten of his eyes in the moonlight, that kind of horrifically wonderful raccoony shine that you get sometimes when you accidentally see a raccoon and shed a light in their direction. (laughs) Um, He looks at you with like this, like, like this, like, try me. Try me, smelly, smelly, like, smelly man. Try me, smelly man. Oh, no, no, buddy, it wasn't, it, no, it wasn't an insult. I like the way you smell. There's nothing wrong with that. He, like he looks to everybody else for affirmation. I tenderly lean over and spritz a little bit of perfume. Uh, <laughs> it smells like amber. Yeah, he takes it. You see, like, a couple of sprays, and he, there's, like, his spine, like, a couple of the hairs on his neck kind of stand up. It is natural, he, darling. Amber and vanilla. He's, like, he's like actively trying here you to smell, smell better. You smell like a fancy little boy. I could take you to the prom. <gasps> oh, my God, that'd be so... Oh, my God, Buck, would you let me put a little bow tie on you? Please. I I look at... Drisilda looks at Huck. I was only joking. I wouldn't actually take him oh, to the prom. I'm just trying to lift his spirits. Oh, don't, don't lie to him like that. You got my hopes up too, cause he looks oh so cute in a little like. Maybe, maybe, oh, hard, hard, oh, maybe, hard, maybe. Speaking of the prom, Koval was supposed to be my prom date. Oh, oh, darling. Well, that seems like a, a dangerous zone, like a danger zone right now. Wait. Perhaps we could get this all settled before prom. Wait, Starla, what were you doing? If he was supposed to be your prom date, does he know that we're running around 
with the headmaster after us? I don't know what he knows. Because if we could get you to prom, maybe we could trap him and ask him questions. Oh, that's real smart. That's why I'm friends with Love you. it. When is the prom again? It's probably no more than the next moon. No more than the next moon? I must order my dress. I can't believe I've been slacking. Do you think we'll be able to go to prom with the headmaster after us? Oh, darling, we're not missing prom. You might want to be in disguise. I can make that happen. All right. All right. But tonight, shall we go maybe see if we can get into Professor Adderwald's uh, office? Oh, I'm down for that. That yeah. sounds good. That's maybe what we, we could... looking for exactly? Danger. Any information? Clues. Danger. We're not looking for danger. Well, information. I'm looking for danger. No, I'm not. All I'm right. Kidding. I'm really not. Uh, I don't want to fight anything anymore. Also, one of these nats, I could probably sneak into one of the merchants and steal us some prom wear. Yeah. <gasps> I could help with that. Okay. So the rest of you guys begin to at least stir up, put on your clothes, get ready, get adjusted. Uh, you have a small wash basin that just has a little bit of water in it. Um, I'm going to say that you guys all like go in line to go into it, but the first person who jumps into it is Buck. Um, as he fully <laughs> takes a bath in the about five inches of basin water that he has, um, just kicking around and looking at you, like making direct eye contact with you and refusing to let go as he's just bathing actively. <laughs> and, and by the time he jumps out and then he shakes his whole body off, uh, the water is completely black from his <laughs> very staunch smell. Um, Wonderful. I can't wait to wash my face in that. Sorry, y'all. I, I mean, I'm proud of him. Look at him. He's making steps. He's being such a good boy. A for effort. Yeah, you get an A for effort. He's dripping wet, but he smells much, much better. I give him a, a thumbs up. I he think I'll just take ah! a spritz of your perfume, Drusilda. Mm. Here you go. <laughs> ah, I like that. <laughs> so knowing that you guys probably want a real bath eventually, maybe bringing that up with Miriam down the line as to where you should go. Um, you guys exit your uh, your dorm catacomb, uh, uh, or your catacomb dorm, whatever you wish to call it, and begin to make your way out uh, winding the main catadorm. halls. A catadorm. It's oh the catadorm. Oh my god. <laughs> catadorm. I love it. Um, so as you guys leave and walk down the main hall, you guys are trying to go to the school. So you have two options here. You guys can go up through the main kind of area where the embalming is happening, or you can try to make your way back through the main sewers that you guys entered from. So where, which direction do you guys wish to go? And you're kind of winding. You're getting to know the lay of the lands and the catacombs a little bit better. You know it takes about uh, five minutes to get to the temple. You know from where you guys are all staying, it takes about three minutes to get to Miriam's office. You guys are getting an understanding of the timing and where things are now finally. So I want to put my vote out for the sewer, even though it's gross and smelly, but because Starla knows it really well. It's really not that smelly. It's not that bad. If you think you can lead us through the sewers, Starla, I, I would go that way. Yeah, I think it might be safer. The only thing you do remember from the last times you guys went through the catacomb was that when you went in the direction that you were expecting, you had to kind of deviate. There was a blockage. Mm -hmm. But then when you made your way, there was a secondary split. You could tell on the left-hand side of the split, it was warm. It was getting really mm -hmm. hot, if you remember that. Really, really hot. Yeah. So you have a feeling that if you head back in that direction, you don't know if it'll be warm or cold or hot, but that was a new thing to discover. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh... It's, a, it's an old... 
out of you, sewer. Yeah, it's not too bad. Oh, great. Farouk, trust me, I was quite reluctant myself, but it really wasn't so bad, I guess. If it helps, it's mostly dry. Yeah. And old. Yeah. (laughs) So it don't don't smell too bad, not now. Much better. There was a blockage, too, as I recall. A sewer blockage. (laughs) Well, that was from the, uh, uh, volcano. A war on a volcano. So we hope. That that's what it is. <laughs> I hope that's what was warm, otherwise that's gross. Y'all are gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys make your way in through that very long kind of uh, and fruit, this is your first time, this kind of very long stretch of body. It's almost like you're walking through uh, like a French catacomb, kind of with all of the bodies laid out very de- uh, specifically. Have you played Skyrim? <laughs> it's like when you're in the main basement area and there's just bodies lining everywhere at any point. Um, but there is a long stretch of a table and tons of books and paperwork on it. Um, there, There's a plaque too underneath all of these bodies, names. Uh, they seem to be uh, taken care of. There's a there's a sort of history, ancient history to this area. It doesn't seem like many people come down to here, but these are maybe names long forgotten. However, you do catch that there is one stirred location where there is a body missing, um, and you do see the sort of um, plaque and you see the name Godwis underneath it. He is one of the names. We we did that. Yeah, we had to fight that guy. But it wasn't really that guy. It was like some weird spooky thing. Hmm. I didn't like it. Anyway, we, we took a book off of him. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, do I have that one? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I think you guys gave it to Miriam to do as much research and studying because it was yeah. weird language you guys did not understand. About elementary dark magic, right? Mm-hmm. You okay. knew that much. Yeah. We make our way down the sewer toward the school. Okay, sounds good. So one by one from this main hallway with all of these bodies, you guys stack on top of each other, get into the hole that you guys had previously dropped down from, and begin to make your way um, into the kind of winding sewer once more. Now only one by one you guys can walk here and it's kind of low ceilings and you guys kind of have to get really crunched over and hunched over. There's not a lot of space as you're kind of moving through and kind of stepping with a hunched back. Um, you guys also do remember not too far away you continue from the southernmost uh, southernmost point on to your left hand side and walk down. There was that kind of caved in area with those spiders that you guys had avoided. So knowing you don't want to be loud here and you want to keep yourself quiet um, can I have everybody roll a stealth check? 17. 17? Also a 17. 18. Not so <gasps> stealthy. <laughs> well. Ah, well, not entirely not stealthy either, though. Okay. Um, <laughs> 17. That's not bad. 13. 13, okay. You're a... that you just... You're back in the sewers, and you just, every step you take, it's like, it's just, you're trying to keep it together, but it's just the sensation and the idea of it. Um, It's hard to get over. And I also keep holding my breath and then letting it out, and the gasps are quite loud. (coughs) Are you okay? And I gesture, I (laughs) Drizilda gestures for him to keep going, just keep going. (laughs) All right, you do so, holding your breath. You do not stir the creatures too far away, though. You guys feel like you're keeping quiet enough, even if Drizilda's really gasping for breath here, to it without stirring uh, any sort of trouble. You make your way to the right-hand side, that area where it splits not too far away. Um, And it does get a little bit warmer to the touch. Um, You can feel it 
change, a shift in the temperature, a change, a shift in the air. It's getting a little bit more humid. There's definitely a dance here, and the scent does get a little stronger. This is the first time in the sewer that you're actually truly smelling the sewer. <coughs> See, I looked your breath. <gasps> oh. Just. To be fair, really? it wasn't this bad before. Oh, great. Right. That also might just be sulfur. Yeah. You can also tell that the heat of whatever's nearby is, is what's making everything around it a little bit more malleable. So the scent and the things that have been captured are kind of petrified or kind of coming into <laughs> fruition. Global warming. <laughs> um, I'm going to pop a spell slot and do primeval awareness. Okay. Um, Sounds good. So for one minute... Mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to sense any if there are any aberrations, celestials, dragons, elementals, fey, fiends, or undead within a mile of me. All right. We can go down the ladder and I'll say yes or no. Okay. All right. So first one's up. Aberrations. Aberrations, yes. <laughs> oh, no. Celestial. No. Dragon. Yes. Oh, no. I mean, you pick up on Celestial simply because of your friends, actually. So yeah, that would... That's, unfortunately, that's a I constant figured. yes. It's just a constant <laughs> yeah, yes figured. if you're ever nearby It's them. nice. I can sense their holiness, <laughs> and it's, it's lovely. I like it. Uh, elementals. No. Fae. Yes. Oh, okay. Fanes. Yes. Undead. Yes. Oh, boy. There's a lot of things here. I don't like it. I mean, I'm in is... danger. <laughs> Within a whole mile. Within a whole mile. But that's like, that's that's a whole mile too close for me. And north and south. You feel uh, it all and everywhere where there are definitely things bubbling. You're not, you're in one hmm. of the, one of the uh, schools and the metropolitans, the most revered place in terms of that sort of study. So there's a lot of stuff around here that you can feel like it's not, shine away from having a mixture of stuff. Does this shithole have any out outs? Oh, it's got or is it just the the two beginning and end? Are there other holes, corridors? Starla? Yeah, there's other tunnels and stuff. It breaks off. And You guys are making your way through this area and it's getting warmer and it's getting warmer and it's really starting to scent in the location. It's starting to almost feel like a real sewer simply because everything's melting away. There's kind of this drip of this liquid that's starting to kind of uh, hit your feet and the terrain's getting very difficult. It's very hard to move through. You feel like your speed's getting halved because there is a solid uh, few inches of muck and mush um, as you guys are starting to make your way through. It's not pleasant, and you almost don't want to touch the sides anymore. Now your body's really tucked in. You're trying to make it so your back and everything around you isn't going to get affected. Um, I need everyone to roll, unfortunately, a constitution saving throw as you're making your way through this tunnel. (laughs) 14. Okay. 14 for Gisilda. Nine. Nine for Ruth. 17. 17. 18. 18. That's a natural one. Okay, (laughs) so what happens is this. You guys are beginning to make your way through this area, and with the heat and the atmosphere kind of colliding here, it's not pleasant, and it's really starting to get uncomfortable to the point that fruit... Your feathers are getting covered in it, and it's starting to 
kind of seep into the featherwork around you. You are not feeling great. There's this kind of heaviness in your head. You're kind of feeling like, I have to get this off of me soon or else it could be troubling. Huck. Mm -hmm. You, like, kind of don't care because, like, whatever, I'll wash it. You know, like, you're, you're, you've seen worse. So you're kind of putting your hands to the side. You're kind of dripping through it. You're kind of mucking through it and everything. And then there's just this moment that you kind of can't move. Like, you feel, like, really, really, really sick as you kind of look up kind of dizzy. And all four of you take a moment. You turn around at Huck. And Huck's body is just sweating. Like, it looks like Huck is sick as it takes a moment. And you can already see that Huck's smile is turning into this kind of yellowish, greenish smile as... He just kind of sit, smiles at you. You have no idea what's going on. You just feel a little sick. As you smile, you can almost see this kind of inside of Huck's mouth already turning black. Next time on the broadcast. I don't like this place anymore. Drezilda, are you okay? Ugh, just get me the fuck out of here. This reminds me of that time I had to clean the king's poop. It might get real lava-y in here. Hey, I'm Kimberly Daugherty, and I play Celine Tassar. Hi, I'm Kellen Coleman, and I play Letty Marie Ricecroft. Hi, my name is Alice Gretchen, and I play Drisilda Slendron. Hi, I'm Erica Fermina, and I'm playing Starla Hahill. Hi, my name's Rachel Seeley, and I am playing Huck Lokely. I'm Kelly Lynn D'Angelo, your dungeon master and woman of many faces, creatures, and things unknown. I'm Richard Quiner, and I produce this podcast in partnership with Wizards of the Coast.